Let's make today the day you start the business that will change your life. You'll learn how at Income School. Income School is about taking your income into your own hands by creating a website that people will love, building a following, and earning a living online. And now your host, Jim Harmer. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Income School podcast. Today, I am very excited for this episode because we have the illustrious John Lee Dumas on the podcast with us today. And I have wanted to ask you for well over a year, John, this vi- this moment has finally come. Are you ready to ignite? I am prepared. Oh. <laughs> so I blew it after all this time. Well, if you don't know John Lee Dumas, you must not be hanging around iTunes very much because John started the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast about a year and a half ago. It's a It's a daily podcast where he interviews successful entrepreneurs, and it has had incredible success in uh, among podcasters. I'm glad to have you here, John, to share your expertise because we are also joined by Kelly and Randy. Kelly and Randy are two starting entrepreneurs in Alabama, United in the United States, and they're starting a business of about wellness and about how to get healthy. And they're wanting to take that business that they've started locally in their local area online so that they can uh, share their information with more people and they're wanting to start a podcast and so they are here to talk to John about how they how they can get the very most out of their podcast. So let's start out by getting to know the business a little bit and then we can get to John's advice for you. Randy, can you tell us a little bit about your business? Okay, so our name of our business is currently uh, Seeds of Wellness. Okay, wait, stop right there. There's there's one thing I, I had to say. I'm sorry to interrupt so soon. But the first thing you got to do when you're starting a business is go to USPTO.gov. This is also true for people who are not just in the United States. Patent and trademark is something that we've we've or at least trademark is something we've done a pretty good job of of uh, crossing borders. So you really want to check trademarks for the whole world. Um, so USPTO.gov is at least where you can check United States trademarks that may have your same name. So if I check seeds of wellness in USPTO.gov doing a simple trademark search, I see there's already a trademark for this. It's a medical marijuana company, Seeds of Wellness. So I think you should uh, be very cautious with using that name. I I think you might want to look at doing something different. I wish that I had listened to this very episode um, I, two years ago when I first was coming up with Entrepreneur on Fire because, you know, a real quick side story on that, even though Entrepreneur on Fire, I have the LLC and I started going through the trademark process for that, which there was no, nothing trademarked for Entrepreneur on Fire, I still have been pursued on some levels by Entrepreneur Magazine as oh. to, which, you know, and if anybody Googles Entrepreneur sues entrepreneurs, like you'll see a list of Entrepreneur Magazine going off uh, and, and, and really trying to lock out people from using the word entrepreneur in any part of their business, which is obviously pretty crazy for it's a lot of reasons. pretty broad, yeah. <laughs> pretty broad, but the thing is, is you, 
you know, what you mentioned is important. You need to do your due diligence when you're starting because it can save you a lot of headaches in the long term. So it's a great point. Again, it's something that even I don't talk about enough, even though it's happened and happening to me directly. So yeah, it is a big deal. You're right, John. It, you know, right now I, I'm having this problem because I have photoclasses.com spelled the way that we spelled in the United States, P-H-O-T-O, photo. But there's a problem in that in other countries, they spell it F-O-T-O for photo in many other languages. And my customers are all around the world. So I started getting... I started getting customer service problems a couple weeks ago when people were emailing and calling about a deal that I was doing on Groupon. And I thought, I've done Groupon deals in the past, but I'm not doing one now. And I had an angry customer call and, and say, you know, they didn't like the product and everything. And this was a scam. And I talked to them for 20 minutes. And eventually I said, I, I can't even find a pay a payment from you. I, I don't know what this is all about. And and eventually we found out, yeah, it was the other website that's using a confusingly similar trademark and it's causing real problems for me. So right now I'm going after him. I just sent him a letter via certified mail uh, saying, hey, I'm taking this to court if you don't stop using my trademark. It's a serious, serious issue when it when it's causing this kind of confusion for my business. I'm not a real litigious guy. I don't want to take people to court. I've already made a polite request to this guy to stop squatting on my trademark, but he won't stop. And so I have to do something because it's hurting my business and it's causing some real problems. So that's, I think this is a really important issue. And John, I'm sorry that you're seeing this right now, but, but I think it's something that entrepreneurs really need to pay attention to. All right. All right. Tell us a little bit more about your business, Randy. Okay. So that was the name of our business. And (laughs) (laughs) we are, uh, we're two busy working moms. We live in Alabama. Uh, We're both married. Uh, We have between the two of us, we've got two husbands, five kids, and three dogs. Um, you know, in our day jobs, we earn a living. Kelly's a clinical psychologist, and I'm an accounting professor, and we enjoy what we do, but our real passion's in, like, the health and wellness arena, and we just want to be able to educate and spread the word um, to other people like ourselves, basically. Okay. Well, Kelly, tell us a little bit about the podcast you're starting. Sure. We are um, just getting started, and honestly had not even thought about podcasting until a couple of months ago when we met with a coach who encouraged us to do so and what we would ultimately like to do is interview experts in the health and wellness arena Um, so for example those who are knowledgeable about real food about physical activity mindfulness um, just having that work-life balance and um, folks who understand the importance of habit change Um, spiritual and relational health, and much more. All right, John, they're starting a podcast that's that's in the interview format, and you know that better than anybody else. What are some of the pros and cons to choosing an interview format rather than just one person talking or having a panel discussion? Why the interview? So let's dive into about interviews and the power of them. So I love that your coach did recommend that to both you ladies because it's an amazing way for you in a number of ways to leverage audiences. And what do I mean specifically by that is 
these experts and these authority figures that you're going to be bringing in in your industries to be interviewing, asking them questions, number one, it's going to be incredible for you. Is They're going to be mentoring you. You can ask them the questions that you want the answers to. And a lot of these people, like for me, like I have one-on-one mentors. It's $3,000 per month to get four 20-minute phone calls with me. And I'm booked out through September. Like It's not cheap to be one of my mentees. And it's, a lot, it's the same situation for a lot of these um, people that you're going to be talking to because they're in high demand. But when you give them a platform to come on and share their knowledge and grow their audience through your audience, it's a win-win. So you're going to get them on for completely free and be able to pick their brain and ask them the questions that you want to ask. Like I've had Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk twice, you know, awesome entrepreneurs who I was only able to have these one-on-one conversations with because of that. So that's a great opportunity. But number two, these people that you're going to be speaking with are successful for a reason. They have audiences of their own. So if you do a great job in that interview, getting out great valuable nuggets and really going places in that interview that they don't often get to talk about, and maybe exposing some really cool things about their business that gives them a stage to kind of maybe, you know, brag a little bit about themselves because you're pulling it out of them in a positive way. When that interview goes live and you let them know, Seth, Tim, your interview on Entrepreneur Fire just went live today. You rocked it. I would be honored if you would share this interview with your audience. Here's all the links to do so. Make it incredibly easy. Now, you two ladies are going to be leveraging the audiences of the guests that you're having on, and they're going to hear about you, and they may have never heard about you before, but because that's the industry and the niche that you're in, you are completely relevant to them. They're going to start to know, like, and trust your show. Some of them are going to become listeners. Some of them are become evangelists. And what's going to be incredibly powerful is that snowball effect is going to continue where with Entrepreneur on Fire, which is a seven-day-a-week show, when I started, people said, John, you're not going to be able to find enough entrepreneurs for 365 shows a year. Well, 600, 600 episodes later, we're still going strong with 100 inbound requests to be on Entrepreneur on Fire every single month. And that's the tipping point you will reach as well. You'll start to become that resource, that focal point where a peer of that great authority figure is going to say, wow, like I just was talking to Diane and she was on your show and got three emails from your listeners and now she has two new clients. I'd love to come on your show and share my story. And that's going to start happening in a great way. And it's just such a no brainer for you too. So I'm excited. Do you ever feel like an interview can get boring, John? An interview can get boring. Yes. And it's going to really get to that point when you're just asking very generic questions and not expounding upon those questions. Like what's really critical is not just to go from one question to the other, to the other, but to really identify that answer that they're giving and that, that feedback, that value, and then kind of like chew on it for a little bit, have a little back and forth about that. Like with every entrepreneur fire episode, And when I ask about them telling a story about a failure, I give them what I got out of that failure in their life. And then I say, that was my number one takeaway, Fire Nation. Now, Jim, give me what your number one takeaway is out of that entire experience as well, because you dropped 37 value bombs, and that's a lot to consume. Just give us one thing that we can implement right now. And if you really keep these interviews actionable and really focused on providing value, then they're never going to get boring to the right listener, which is all you care about. Okay, good awesome. advice. Yes, great. Well, Kelly and Randy, let's say you have your show. Uh, do you do you have? I mean, you're going to interview people. It should be pretty easy to find guests. At least, at least if you're not going daily, it should be 
easy to write down a hundred. And I've got to think that once you get to a hundred, you will have heard from so many others that you're going to have a never ending list. I mean, people interested in fitness, come on, they're going to be an endless number of it. Um, so let's say you're, you're doing these interviews. What, what do you plan to do in the, in the show to make it of interest or anything different that you're planning? <laughs> I can speak to that. I think one thing um, for both of us that we recognize is that we live in one of the unhealthiest places in the country. And we even thought about our tagline on the show being clean living from the dirty south. Um, and, you know, I mean, we are surrounded by people who, you know, just get up in the morning and eat their honey buns and take their insulin shot and, you know, and think that's okay. I mean, you know, that's just the truth of the matter. And we drink sweet tea and, you know, like, you know, there's dessert at every meal. And, um, you know, and I think also um, we recognize, too, that we at the same time love our heritage and really care about these people that we're around, you know, starting with our own friends and family. And so we really want to have a broader reach and influence, particularly for folks in the deep South. Okay. Uh, John, what percentage of your listeners are in the U S do you have a rough number? Yeah, a pretty specific number. That's kind of one of the great things about podcasting above most other mediums is your numbers are incredibly detailed. They can get as specific as far as device people are listening on, mobile, self, um, oh, wow. mobile, um, laptops, whether it's coming through a, you know, a car. I mean, it's really incredible to see, to see those specifics. You can see the exact regions. You guys can look and see like how much percentage of people are coming from every single state. Oh, wow. Um, you can see actually age demographics as well. Like really, really cool stuff comes out for podcasts, which is great for when sponsors come knocking and they're like, well, we want to sponsor your show. Like what's your, um, demographic, who, who's your audience? You can show them screenshots and just show them reports printed out from your media host, which I use libsyn.com exactly who your audience is. And entrepreneur on fire generates $46,000 every single month on sponsorships alone, because I can give my sponsors that much detail about who my audience is. And that's really huge and important for them. So Within the U.S. specifically, I'm at 78%, Jim, and that number has always been pretty consistent. It's been at the highest of 83 and the lowest of 74 over the course of the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and one kind of note I want to make real quick, because you brought up about like, you know, a lot of people do freak out about how, how do I find the right guests? How do I start finding guests? Yeah. A couple of great resources. Um, there's conferences in your niche. There's conferences in your industry. Okay. Don't, don't physically go to those conferences, although you can, they're great to go to, but just go to the pages of ones that happened within the last year or are about to happen in the next year and just click on the speakers list. Those are going to be people who have authority that like to speak, that probably have an audience. That's why they're speaking at a conference and they want a platform and you're going to just going to give them a platform of here, you know, 25 minutes audio only or video. Um, but it's a lot less of a barrier than to have to go fly someplace to speak. So they're probably going to say yes, if they said yes to a conference. And number two, there's a great site called harrow.com, H-A-R-O, help a reporter out is what it stands for. We're over 200,000 journalists and PR. Um, there's three emails that get sent out every day. They're called queries and you can submit a query and say, we're looking for fitness professionals or, or whatever it might be. You get very specific to be interviewed on our show, X, Y, Z. I did that with Entrepreneur on Fire back in the day. And in three hours, I got 400 emails from <laughs> entrepreneurs, from P- 
people that were um, the who are representing those entrepreneurs from journalists saying, hey, I'd like to nominate XYZ or I'd like to no nominate myself because this email goes out to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people every single day and people scan that. So a couple great options there. You'll never run out of a list there. And of course, when you have an amazing guest and you end, you know, you always just end with, listen, you were an amazing guest. If you have a friend or a peer that would be somebody who would be a great fit for the show, I'd love an email intro. I'll do the rest. Very cool. Awesome. Well, Thank one you. one concern I have is that um, the business you're talking about, you're right now you're you're local. You're you're just working with the people around you, and you're wanting to spread that out further. The more that you hang on to the Alabama, the less relevant the site is going to feel to my wife, who's in Idaho, um, okay. and somebody who goes there. So, well, I, I think your tagline's fine. For people in the U.S., if you hear from the dirty South and you live in Australia, that means a very different thing than if you live in the United States. So I, I would I would be a little bit conscientious of of what your messages mean as you take it to a wider audience. Uh, I okay. I love that you're passionate about helping the health, you know, right in your local area. And if well, that's what you want, there's nothing wrong with that business at all. But it sounded to me like what you're trying to do is spread it further, and that's why you want a website and a podcast. And if so, be careful about those hyper-local messages. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I actually have a kind of a competing viewpoint on that okay. in a way. Um, so I'm a big believer in 2014 and beyond podcasts specifically. It's the year of the niche podcast. Like the more niche you can start your podcast, the better when you're first getting out there and growing that audience. Because if you really want to grow raving fans and you really want to grow people that are going to love your podcast for what you're representing, you have to be true to yourself. You have to be speaking your language and that's where you can start. So I love the idea of you guys starting with that narrow focus niche and just really using the, the right language and really focusing in. So people are going to be listening to it. They're going to be like, I'm actually eating that sticky bun that they're talking about right now, <laughs> sipping on my sweet tea. Like, I need to listen to this show. These girls get me. Like, that's going to be where you build this raving fan base. Start getting local and regional coverage as well because you're that specific. You're not just a generic podcast talking about health and wellness, which there are a lot of. So I love right. starting that niche and getting specific and just being true to your authentic self and really dominating that. And then as the snowball happens and you, your show starts to gain in popularity, then you can find ways to start to kind of broaden out a little bit if that's a direction you want to go. Okay. I like the idea and I like I li I thank you for putting in in your your two cents especially when it's a competing viewpoint. That's why we're he why we have you. You're the king. Sure. Um one that one caution I would have though is if you start local and you're talking Alabama and you're on the new and noteworthy this important time in your podcast then you get all kinds of new listeners. They hear all the Alabama stuff and they're done with you. And then you're off new and noteworthy. You have a little bit of a snowball from, from your, your local crowd, but then you're off new and noteworthy and it's going to be a little bit tough with the podcast to grow that. What do you think of that? Well, I don't really think we want to focus on Alabama. We, no. we liked the tagline clean living from the dirty South. Like, we are in the South. We were both born here. We've lived here our whole lives. You know, and we love the accent, by the way. Yeah, I really do. I love yeah. it. <laughs> we, we, we don't love it so much, but that's okay. <laughs> I love it. We're trying to embrace it. You know. <laughs> um, how, but, but, yeah, I don't think that we'll focus on Alabama, so to speak. It's just more like this is where we are. Um, we embrace it. However, we feel like you should live, you know, a healthy lifestyle that's well-balanced, that sort of thing. Um 
and and I to be to be honest with you, um, I have a quick question about the the branding because we didn't feel like the tagline really lined up with the name of our business, Seeds of Wellness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so we were. That's that's one of our biggest questions is branding in general because um, just what I've read tells me that the name of a podcast needs to be so specific so that you're that when they're looking in iTunes they they can see that name and know that exactly what they're talking about. Um, and so I would be interested to see what you guys thought about that as well. What do you think, John? So you couldn't be more right about the importance of the naming of your actual podcast and your brand with the tagline below because you need to picture where 80, 85% of my downloads and almost everybody's downloads is very similar within, you know, give or take five percentile either way, are going to come from iTunes. It's just a reality right now. Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud are making moves in the industry and they're doing great things, but they're still minor players compared with iTunes. And it's actually... I have a really exciting announcement that I can share with you after I get to this point about how iTunes is even taking it to the next level. But specifically, picture people that are going to the iTunes store, and all they're going to see is a sea of these 1,400 by 1,400 logos. Mm -hmm. And they're going to make their decision oftentimes off of that name of that logo. If it resonates with them, they're going to want to know exactly what that podcast is going to be about. If it's worth a click, then boom, they click on that logo and then they're going to be taken to your iTunes store page where there's a big description. You guys can get detailed, put in a subheadline, X, Y, Z, and really nail down what that, that is about. But you've got to hook them in first with something. So the, the, it is a little competing. I mean, is that what you're kind of meaning, Randy, by when you say like you have seeds of wellness? And so it's like wellness is very pure. It's very good. And then, yeah. and then contrasting it with like dirty south. Is that what you yes. mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, like. When I picture the 14 by 1400 picture, you know, it may just say Seeds of Wellness Show or Seeds of Wellness Radio and say we use our tagline in like the intro or something. They just don't quite align with one another. But see, and, I don't um, think Seeds of Wellness is enough to right. get people to listen because Seeds of Wellness, like Jim mentioned, I mean, is that, is that marijuana Seeds of Wellness? Right. Is that like a planting a garden show? Right. I mean, what are these seeds? So the name is great, but you need right. to clarify what that name means. Uh, and I and we t we agree. Both of us have have sort of struggled with this. Um, we also don't have a great URL to send people back to if we were on a podcast. Um, what is your URL? <laughs> it's so for life, which is S O W and the number four. And yeah. so that's, that's that's not good. That's it's not difficult. And we we can't even, we can't get seeds of wellness. Um, and so, but but you really wouldn't want it anyway. Now that we've talked about the trademark right. issue, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you got that sucker, it's like a ticket to court. It's like, yay, take me, baby. <laughs> well, so well yeah. on that note, I would actually maybe kind of sit down and brainstorm because you have that domain, your website's there. Like, keep that domain, like I did with Entrepreneur on Fire. Entrepreneur is very difficult to spell. I knew that from day one, but I really wanted that to be part of the name. Um, a, because I hadn't talked to Jim and realized the implications that could lay down the road for that. But B, um, I really wanted it to be entrepreneur on fire. I liked how it flowed. But I realized on a podcast that I didn't want to be spelling out the word entrepreneur. So I just went to GoDaddy and I just bought another domain called eofire.com. And on the podcast, I just say, hey, guys, everything happens at entrepreneur on fire who can spell entrepreneur so just go to eofire.com so whenever you can you know if you can sit down and think about a shortened name that you can just and so and then all i do by the way with eofire.com 
you just forward that domain right, right from GoDaddy and it just goes right to sofourwellness.com. So right. it's just seamless from your right. um, actual user's perspective. And okay. whenever, whenever you are having numbers in it, you know, you can really avoid that. Like I, w- I, w- I would bet that so F-O-U-R wellness.com is probably available too. So right. you should just buy that and just for that domain. So you don't, you don't even have to explain that if you were going to go with that domain name. Just say soforwellness.com, S-O-W, forwellness.com, and probably even F-O-R too, and just forward that. Right. So any, so I have like entrepreneurs with an A instead of an E.com, just going to entrepreneurfire.com. Mm-hmm. So I have like common misspellings. So when that, when your user makes a mistake, they don't even know. They just get forwarded to it anyways. Yeah, and that's really important. I checked my my main website that I earned my income from is improvephotography.com. And to me, that sounds pretty easy, improve. But people spell improv and improving and improved. And so I bought those and I, I sent it to a pretty link so that I could count how many people actually go to it. It's a lot that wow. still misspell the website. A lot, oh, uh, wow. like over a thousand people a month are just typing in the wrong URL. It's all there is to it, because oh, there's wow. nothing there. Uh, so yeah. d- something to check. But another thing that John said was really interesting. You'll notice he, after I said the name of your website, So for Life, he started saying SoForWellness.com. Yes. And so your tagline, wow. your tagline <laughs> or your business name, Seeds of Wellness, got confused with what the URL is and it, mm-hmm. be- it becomes a mess. So he would have missed your website. Yes. I, I, yeah, I picked up on that too. Um, let me ask you this qu- really quickly on the br- back on the just the branding in general then. Would it be better if we used, like in the title, it was clean living show or clean living radio or clean living school like they are all three of those are available as urls and uh, yeah uh, well that could be good i mean you you definitely want to decide now uh, is this oh, a podcast yeah. is your outlet a podcast that it's about this show then i think that could be fine i do think and john i want your your input on this i do think that a, a fairly generic title in itunes can do really well you know if you are the internet marketing show or you are the you know the f- physical fitness show or whatever then when somebody sees it they know that is what i'm looking for and there's no trickeration in your mind of i think self wellness i think that's me but i'm not quite sure what do you think of that john so I have the perfect quote for this, which will tell you exactly how I feel about that. And it's by um, Jason Freed from 37 Signals said, it's important to number one, be clear, and then number two, be clever. And if you have to get rid of one of those, get rid of clever. That's a so, good quote. That's perfect. Perfect. Clear, just be clear. You're not trying to make people laugh. You're not trying to fool anybody and be like, oh, I get it. No, it's like, this is what my show is. I'd love if he listens. Okay. Very cool. I like that. Okay. So have you thought about a schedule for uh, how often you'll publish your podcast? We would like to publish at least weekly at this point. And I think realistically, because we are both working moms, that's the most that we feel like we could commit to at least initially. Yeah. John, what do you, what do you think, what are some parameters we should, we should look at for how often to publish? Obviously you've had great success with the daily, but obviously there are weekly and weekly podcasts that do well too. Really what well. are some parameters to look at? I do believe that you should be producing, if you're going to commit to a podcast, it should be minimum once a week. And that's a great, that's a great frequency. Um, it's getting in front of your audience enough. It's, it's, you know, it's not like you're going two, three weeks between episodes, kind of losing 
a little bit of you know that front end knowledge and recognition. So getting in front of them on that weekly basis is huge for a number of reasons. Number one, it's just going to be much more consistent for your audience. Number two, it's going to allow you to bring on more guests. More guests mean more knowledge for you, mean more knowledge for your listeners, mean more leverage of you and their audiences. I have seven guests on a week. That gives me seven times the amount of, of leverage of a show that just has once a week with my So every single day when I'm reaching out to my guests and saying, hey, I'd love if you shared the show, here's the link. And I do that seven days a week. That's huge for the snowball effect of the success that we've had where we now have over 7 million downloads. We did 829,000 unique listens in the month of May alone has come on that cumulative snowball effect. So weekly's great for that reason. And for another reason, it's for you staying relevant in the iTunes rankings. Because iTunes does the look back algorithm when they're doing rankings. Whereas if you release a show, you get a spike and you're gonna see your rankings go up as a result of that spike in the iTunes store in your category and wherever that might be. But then what's gonna happen is, is after people listen to the show, then it's gonna start to trail off as it always does. And then iTunes is gonna look back and say, oh, they haven't, you know, they they haven't A released a show in, in over you know 10 days. And the last four days, there's been almost no downloads because they haven't had a, sh- a recent show. And your, your rankings are going to reflect that. And those rankings bring in an incredible amount of organic traffic. When people just go to search for music, they look for the top 40 music. When they go to search for a, a, a wellness or fitness or health podcast, they're going to search for the top wellness podcast and see which ones are ranking high because that's social proof that those are good shows. And that's what people want to see. So your ranking will be much improved with a weekly show. I personally feel like the best format is a Monday and a Thursday release. I love that format because that helps with that look back algorithm to always keep you relevant and high in the iTunes store. And if you only want to do one, what I can really see is a good tag team for you guys to do is just do those four interviews a week. I mean, sorry, per month and just have that going out on Mondays. But then on Thursdays, you just have a solo show where you're just sharing one tip maybe for 10 minutes and you can trade you can do those solo shows too you can say hey this is just randy today i'm joining you and then the next one can just be hey this is kelly i'm joining you for this 10 or 15 minute topic about something that's really become an issue in our industry and that way the two of you are just splitting that up so you're only you're only actually doing an extra two episodes per month but now you have a twice a week show John, that is gold. It's like you've read my mind. Uh, That's that's exactly what I do with my... The the Income School is a newer podcast. We're only 16 episodes in. But my main podcast, Improved Photography, that's what we do. Monday and Thursday. The downloads always tend to trickle off toward the weekend for me. Yeah. And so Monday and Thursday works great. And that's exactly what I do. If I'm doing an interview, it's the Monday show. But... I personally, maybe I'm just a gab a lot, but I, sometimes I feel like I can't get in my message if I only do that. So I do a Thursday show that's just listener questions or me talking about something. Awesome. And so I feel like I can talk, but also we get up there. And and the what what's hot section on iTunes is so important because it, it shows a lot. Uh, so if you, you release an episode and like John was saying, you, you skyrocket in the rankings for you know 24 hours afterward, I always get into what's hot right when I release an episode, but then it's gone the next day. And, but then, so, and people are finding you organically though for yep. that time you're there. Boom, they're like income school, you know, like they're in. That's right. Okay, so, that's a great idea. 
Okay, so uh, we're we're starting a new podcast. Now, what I see often is that a podcast starts. Sometimes it even has great content, but I'm seeing podcasts just littering iTunes lately, just tons of new shows. And usually they're going to die out by episode 20. I don't know what the statistics are. In fact, I'd like to check. Sorry, John, what? Episode seven. Seven okay. is wow. the killer. Seven's yeah. the killer. Watch out for seven. Just look over your back. Don't get past episode seven. They're, they they just wow. die so fast because I think part of it is they've heard, oh, at the start, you get in the new and noteworthy section and you're going to get a little bit of an audience. But what I've found is you have to have a bump. You can get great exposure in new and noteworthy, but if you don't have something giving you a little bit more traction than the other guys in new and noteworthy, you're still bare. So you have to do something in that time period that you can get, you know, uh, you know, an extra 200 downloads one day so that you can rank above all those other newer shows. And then you're going to get the real benefit of new and noteworthy. So John, what, what have you seen? How, how, how can people kind of get past that, that fluff of those thousands of podcasts that are only going to seven and to start to rank, to take advantage of those, those first eight weeks of your podcast? First off, you need to have realistic expectations when you're launching your podcast. You can't think that this is just this golden key that's going to unlock a flood of listeners and emails. And it's just, it's just not that way. It's like everything else. You know, everybody's an overnight success. They're a 10-year overnight success. It takes time. And it takes time to build up that right audience, to find your voices, to find that consistency. You know, if you can just focus on really just turning one person into a raving fan every single day somehow, that is what's going to build into a great show down the road, but it's not going to happen overnight. You're looking to build an actual long-term business that provides value. You have to have that marathon view. It's not that sprinting view. And so many people enter podcasting with that view of sprinting. So you need to set up a schedule that you're into. You need to really stay true to that schedule and keep that consistency very key but do treat your launch like a launch because it is a launch. You see so many people that, excuse me, launch a blog and they, they say all the time, they're just like, yeah, I launched my blog back in 2004. I did one post and then I came back to it five years later and I started getting serious and now it's huge. And th- th- you hear that all the time and that's fine and that's great. But the reality is you can't do that in podcasting because you're, you, you're missing a huge opportunity, which Jim has mentioned a few times, the new and noteworthy section. Because the day your podcast gets launched, the 56-day slash eight-week countdown begins of when you're eligible to be on, considered a new podcast on the new and noteworthy section. So it's really important to realize that you know I'm going to take advantage of this new and noteworthy section, which are the top two levels above what's hot in the iTunes stores, the best advertising space in the podcasting world. So treat it like a launch. You know, let your friends, family know about it. Get them excited and going there and telling them to, to click the subscribe button. That's just a key word. It's not just download or listen. It's subscribe. Just subscribe to my podcast. And that's going to really start to generate that initial bump that can then get you in that new and noteworthy where then the organic traffic will, will help keep you there. So have realistic expectations, but also go into it with the mentality of a launch and that you want to just knock it out of the park. Very cool. Great. Thank you. John, how important are reviews for a podcast to rank well? They're really important for a number of reasons. And the, the major reason, though, is the social credibility and the social proof. People that are listening to podcasts that want to know more about your show, they're going to go and they're going to listen 
to, um, or they're, they're going to go and they're going to read your description, your tagline, your subtitle. And they realized that that information was curated by you. And so obviously you're going to say great things about the show and what it is. But as you see in Amazon, and we all do it, you know, when you're going to buy a product, you go down to the reviews and you can't help but look at the, the three-star, four-star, or the one, two, and three-star reviews because you're like, well, what's the real deal with this, with this product or service or whatever it might be? And it's the same thing in podcasting. A lot of people, you know, all we have is time. So if we're going to commit our time to a show, we want to know that other people have actually spent the time not only to listen, but enjoyed it and got enough values to then go and leave a review, which is a barrier. It's hard to get reviews. It's been a focus of mine since day one. And now Entrepreneur on Fire is in the, the top 0.1% of iTunes with over 1,300 reviews. But that took a lot of time and a lot of consistent effort. When people reach out to me, I say, I appreciate you being part of Fire Nation and listening. If you wouldn't mind, take a second. And here's a link to the iTunes store. If you'd leave a rating and review, it'd mean a lot to me. And mm -hmm. I really make sure that people have that opportunity to do it very easily by having that barrier low with that link. Because ratings and reviews are important for, number one, the social credibility and the social proof. And number two, they do have um, a lot to do with your placement in the What's Hot section and the New and Noteworthy section of iTunes when you're when you're starting out and when you're continuing on. Very cool. Okay. So Kelly and Randy, you guys uh, feel like you do you feel like you got a, a good start of where to go to get, to do a little bit of marketing and get that podcast out there? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Well, one last thing that I want to talk about, and I want to be respectful of your time. We can't go too long. But um, I, uh, one last thing that I want to talk about is how to make money from your podcast, which I'm sure is what you guys are interested in. Now, yes. Kelly, you're, you're a psychologist, and Randy, you're a CPA, and you both said you, you'd like to be able to do this full-time. Is that right? That's right. So how much money would it take for you a month before you could say, this has been successful, I'm ready? I'm ready to quit my job. <laughs> I think for me, I, you know, and I guess because this is a partnership, you know, we would really have to be earning, what did we say, Randy, around 10, 10 grand a month to quit our yeah. day jobs? So yeah. quite a bit of money. Okay, both of you had a, had a little bit of a laugh when you said that. Yeah. And that's a signal to me that it feels a little bit unreachable, does it? It does feel unreachable. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, John, if you have somebody that wants to get to that $10,000 a month mark, um, I, I, what do you feel is the clearest path for them to get there? Well, it's possible. Um, absolutely possible. Entrepreneur on Fire, which is just myself, my girlfriends, and now three virtual Your girlfriends? Yeah. <laughs> Singular. Singular. I'm in San Diego, not Utah. I was going to say, is she there? Yeah. <laughs> Singular. <laughs> Kate, my girlfriend Kate, um, regenerates um, over $100,000 every single month. Um, and oh, we've broken $200,000 before in April, and we will again actually in June moving forward. So monetization is real. It's possible. And it's all about, first and foremost, growing the audience. And that's what podcasting does in an incredible way. It's going to allow you to grow an audience that's going to start to talk to you guys via emails and social media and Twitter and Facebook messages saying, X, Y, Z, this is what I'm struggling with. These are my pain points. And you, as the authority figures, as the listeners, are going to be taking that. You can turn those into podcast episodes, you know, like Jim does very effectively, and listen to those struggles, those pain points, and create the solution for them. You create that solution for what your audience is telling you they're struggling with, 
And then that is your answer. And that's how we created Fire Nation Elite, which is a membership mastermind that generates five figures per month. So exactly where you guys want to be at, um, you know, before you quit your jobs, it's a paid membership mastermind where we have people that are in there paying $165 a month to be part of this group, this community, engaging with each other and supporting each other and bringing each other to the next level. We do products and services. We have Podcasters Paradise, which is the number one podcasting community in the world for people looking to create, grow, and monetize their podcast. That was built off of listening to our audience that we have, what they need, what they're struggling with, and then creating that for them. And that product alone generates over $100,000 a month and we do a free live podcast workshop every single week that you two should definitely attend, by the way. Um, where Randy we just already talk has. Yeah, yeah, oh, we cool. have. We, we both <laughs> listen to that. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I, and I just give the, you know, 45 minutes of value about podcasting. And then, you know, we talk about Podcasters Paradise and how you can join that community if that's a reality. And that's a model that you guys can use when you realize what those pain points are, you create that solution and then you offer it via forms of webinars on your websites, however process you may want to go down to do that. So, you know, just really that focus of growing that audience and getting that audience big, which is then going to turn into another opportunity, which is sponsorships. You know, we do $45,000, $46,000 per month on sponsorships just for, the, for, just for the podcast. So I wake up every morning and, I, and the podcast is already generated over $1,400 that day and I haven't even done anything yet. And that's another, that's like a great way to, to create passive income for your, for your podcast. And how you do you find audience. those sponsorships? So a lot of times they find you mm-hmm. and I actually have a broker that I work with. It's called themidroll.com. And this actually, that's what they do. They go out and they have connections with companies that make sense for different entrepreneurs, you know, and they match you up with sponsors and those sponsors will, pay the mid-roll and the mid-roll actually pays you. So they actually literally are a middleman. But I've also had sponsors reach out to me directly like FreshBooks and audiobooks.com. I mean, both those companies reached out to me and said, hey, can we sponsor the show? I said, yeah, here are the rates. Here's the contract. You know, and we go through all of that in paradise with like everything you need to do once you get to that point with sponsorships. And that's a real way to start monetizing. But again, all based on growing that audience. So, you know, it's not going to happen right away. It's not going to happen six months from now, especially if you're, you know, just going to be doing it semi-part-time once a week. But that is the end goal that you can be moving towards and always looking at growing that audience one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And right. that one person at a time, I think, is so important. John yes. mentioned that having realistic expectations is important in the beginning, and that's what's going to help you going. Uh, you know, Sometimes a new website, you'll look at your email stats on on AWeber or MailChimp, wherever you are, and you say, ah, man, I only added like two people today. But if you had two people every day for a year, that's a lot Mm -hmm. of people on your list. Mm -hmm. If you add five subscribers to your podcast every day, well, it's going to take a long time. But when you get to 100 uh, episodes... That's a lot of people listening to you in your living room and talking to you, you know, I, right? And it seems so small in the beginning, but I can tell you, I've been doing this for three and a half years now. And now that little trickle every day totals up to 500,000 people are following me on social media. And it's just a little bit every day. Only a few times have I had that, you know, that where I found this cool trick and bang, I get a spike of 20,000 people in a day. That rarely happens. It's usually just that trickle, trickle, trickle every day. And over time, you can see what a monster it creates. 
So thank you all for being on the podcast. Kelly and Randy, I'm excited for your venture. We'll definitely link to you on the show notes. And John, it was a real pleasure for me to talk to you and and hear the advice you have. I've been a longtime listener of Entrepreneur on Fire, so I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jim and Kelly and Randy. Best of luck. I'm excited to to watch your journey as well and see you guys uh, make your way through iTunes heaven. That's right. Thanks so much. I'll be your first subscriber. (laughs) Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. When you're serious about launching your website, check out Jim's free step-by-step tutorials at IncomeSchool.com. Income School is a production of Improv Photography, LLC. Any opinions expressed by guests and callers do not reflect those of Improv Photography, LLC. Results mentioned not typical. Some links mentioned are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Some calls simulated. Improv Photography, LLC is not a law firm and does not give legal or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a competent licensed CPA or lawyer licensed in your jurisdiction before making business decisions.